Hey everyone, today we are doing a studio hangout for artists. If you are looking to strengthen and flex your art muscle, ArtProf is the community for you. We have tutorials, critiques, and more, and it's all for free. Clara, what are you working on for this studio hangout? Are you asking me? I wasn't yeah. paying attention. <laughs> Clara. <laughs> Sorry. I am painting a bunch of hamburger buns that we had at my mother-in-law's house about mm. a week ago because they're just so cute. Look at them. They've got sesame seeds and poppy seeds. It's just so adorable. So good. Alex, what are you doing? I am uh, used a uh, reference photo on the ArtProf Flickr account of a little rabbit. And I'm just mm -hmm. painted a little bunny. A little bunny. Mm -hmm. Here he goes. You know what the story is of this rabbit, Alex? No. <laughs> yeah, because I know you took this picture too. Yeah, what's up? So <laughs> I found this rabbit in a Taco Bell parking lot. <laughs> what? Taco Bell parking lot. That's where he was hanging out with his friend. Man, it makes me to? want Taco Bell. And how? <laughs> Taco Bell's got the best fast food fries. Evie, what say. are you doing? I am making an animated painting, much like the one right here behind me that if anyone follows me on Instagram, you saw probably saw me post about this in the video. So basically every frame is on a single sheet of paper. So it goes kind of like down and then up and then down from left to right. Um, and I'm improvising it as I go along. So you guys will watch me as my mind works its way through this painting. Alex, why did you pick that bunny? Uh, it's funny. I was looking for things that I had a very minimal practice with. And it's been a long time since I've painted something specifically just an animal really, but that was, uh, you know, like 100% fur. <laughs> so kind of wanted to <laughs> practice that up and kind of see if I could get that texture with this ink. So tell us in the chat, who is in the studio with us? And if you are in the studio, what are you up to? Because we would love to see what you make after the stream in our Discord. I love how Slutner has already got us going on the puns. Clara working her quote, buns off. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Ginger Cell says, I tried to do that bunny as a drop, didn't go well. Bunnies are funny looking creatures. Mm -hmm. Mm 
And Alex, what is the ink that you're using? I'm using a uh, black Sumi ink from Yasumoto. And it's uh, absolutely wonderful. Actually, let me show you something funny that I really like about it. The top of the uh, ink bottle is a little brush holder, which is kind of fun. But no, it's uh, terrific. It's uh, water fast once it dries, but very water soluble as I'm mixing with it. And yeah, I'm really loving just how thick and dark it can get when I get to those darkest dark points. Deep D, what are you using to work with? So we do want to say thank you to Yasutomo for providing all the materials for today. And we do have all the links in the YouTube video description below for all of the supplies that Deep D and Alex and I are using. And you guys should go check out their site because they have a lot of cool stuff that I'd never seen before. So this is actually their catalog and they have Sumi ink. They've got watercolors and pastels, brushes, rice paper. And actually the paper that I'm using today is called mineral paper. It's really cool. It's not as plasticky as Yupo. It's a little bit softer, but you can do wet media with it. And I'm also using this super cool traditional Japanese watercolor set. And these are pigments that are actually used in Sumi inks, but they're in these like really cute little porcelain dishes, which I just love. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Alex, I cut you off a delay again. <laughs> no, that is all good. I was just gonna ask what you and Deep Tea were using for your medium. So I am using this rice paper from Yasutomo, which is really cool. It's very thin and has a nice texture to it. And because I'm creating an animated painting, one of the cool things about it is that there's like a bleed that it gives to the, they gave me this liquid stylus pen, which is pretty cool. Um, it's just like a fine tip ink pen that I'm using. Um, and it creates this bleed, which is a little bit unpredictable, which I think is um, cool when it comes to animation because it's something you can't control. And then I'm using these fun gel pens, these gel extreme pens that they gave me, which come in really cool metallic and fluorescent -y pastel colors. And then a bunch of their oil pastels as well. Well, just so people know that liquid stylus pen, that it's like literal liquid ink inside. So it's like stylus nib, ink, but it like flows into the pen. Isn't that right? Yeah, I believe so. It's very cool. There we go. Oh man, Alex, that rice paper looks so fun. How are you liking those bleeds? It's so satisfying. Um, this ink is really responding well to just like a layer of wash and then like dropping some ink into it. And it's really, it's like that perfect mix of going exactly where I want it to go, but also having a lot of good surprises as well.
Yeah, I really like these watercolor cakes. Like, look at how huge they are. You know, like sometimes you get those little travel watercolor sets and the cakes are like tiny and it's like your brush doesn't even fit. Like, this is awesome. There's like yeah. so much mixing space. I kind of love it. Like, you don't usually see cakes that are that gigantic. No, that's why I typically, like, I don't mess with, like, travel watercolor cases except for those. They look great. All right. I need to put a blow dryer on mine, so I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> you guys can talk amongst yourselves, Alex and D. Tempted to do the same thing before too long. <laughs> wow, it's been so long since I've worked with ink. Are you oh, finding it difficult? A little bit. Because um, it's not quite as... Like, once it's there, it's there. You know what I mean? I'm used to things yeah. where it's like you can do a little bit of give and take and subtract it a little bit. Okay, I'm back. Welcome mm -hmm. back. So Con Cuke is asking, what brand are the gel pens and watercolor cakes again? The brand is Yasutomo. And go to their website because they have so many supplies that I wasn't even aware of. And all of the links to the supplies that we're using, they're all listed in the YouTube video description below. And by the way, the brushes that I'm using, these are, I can't even pronounce this, Kumano Fude brushes but they are from the Kumano region in Japan and they have non-cracking synthetic bamboo. They're really nice. I like them way better than traditional watercolor brushes. Yeah, you've been using those almost exclusively when you do watercolors. Alex, I'm so done with all those traditional watercolor brushes. They're overrated. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you say that? Like, why? Why is this such a uh, such a like? Are do you use like the one brush for the whole piece? Pretty much, <laughs> it's like really, really low key. That's awesome that it has that much flexibility, though. <laughs> No, they're great. I mean, I wish that I had discovered these sooner. Maybe I wouldn't have been so afraid of watercolors for so long. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. Deepi, what are you animating? Um, I don't really have a plan, but like, um, like I said before, it goes like down. Like if you're reading it like a book, you would read it left to right, but it goes like down and then up and then down and then up like it snakes. So I'm just kind of like using the last frame as an inspiration for the next frame. 
And then when I get stuck, I just start coloring. Um, so like if you look at it kind of quickly mm. in that way, as if you're reading a book and you like start top left and then move down until you hit the bottom and then go to the next column and then move up until you hit the top um, and just follow that kind of snaking pattern, you can probably kind of start to see the animation move. Mm, that's cool. Jennifer is asking, what don't you like about traditional watercolors? I think for me, I don't like that there's so many different shapes. Like each shape is super specific and they're not very flexible because the shapes are so specific. Whereas the Sumi brush, I can get like really wide strokes and then like a super skinny stroke on the same brush. Whereas like a watercolor brush, I need to have the right brush to do that. And I, I don't know, I just don't like switching brushes. <laughs> what about you, Alex? Do you switch brushes or? I absolutely. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of traditional watercolor brushes. Um, and I think for me, I like the switching brushes attitude. Um, I'm trying to think of why I prefer it, because there are definitely times where I'll zone out and I'll find myself using the same brush for like <laughs> large portions of the painting. Um, I think it helps me plan ahead more and be more intentional with the mark makings I make. And I, I, I also don't let myself get overburdened with too many um, various watercolor brushes. So that's also a help. There we go. All right, you guys, I really regret picking this now that I'm noticing how many sesame seeds are on these bones. <laughs> Why did I pick this? It's funny, I can't really taste sesame seeds on bread buns, but they just make it look so good. Yeah, the texture is fun. <laughs> they have taste. Mm. <laughs> oh, toasted sesame seeds. Oh, yeah, that's good. Mm, maybe, maybe your palate's just not as refined as mine, Alex. Yeah, my, my palate is definitely um, uncultured. <laughs> uncultured. <laughs> mm -hmm. The daytime TV of palates. You can do the little bunny butt. He's yeah, so fluffy. <laughs> I think I'm going to give this painting to my dog. She oh likes the bunnies. <laughs> what would your dog do with the painting? I have thought of like getting paintings and stuff to decorate her little like sleeping area, like pictures on the wall that were like dog level. That's cute. Because, yeah, you know, she loves squirrels, of course, but rabbits, she just goes ballistic. <laughs> Elrica Alfred says, do you have a tutorial on Sumi E or something like that on Artprof? We do have a couple streams with Inkwash. In fact, there's one with Alex 
where he's also painting a fluffy animal, in which case it's a sheep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that one's with just regular watercolor brush. Um, and I'm using... I can't oh, remember. that's true. Yeah, I can't remember if I was using Sumi in that or not. Maybe you were using a rapidograph pen. Anyway, <laughs> if you want to see Sumi action, just look up my watercolor tutorials and you'll find them there. God, this is, yeah, this is absolutely lovely to use. So we have a question here from Tali for Alex. When making comics mm -hmm. for middle grade, what type of stories do you think about? Ooh, um, I try to get myself in the mindset of like, think of what stories like you wanted when you were in middle grade and kind of, I think that's the key, the biggest part. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's a big obvious one, but like I'm rereading uh, Harry Potter now and I'm just like constantly so impressed by like how those books grow in maturity as the audience grows in maturity. Like they're intent, like I, it's just wonderful how like in the first book, the reader and the main character are 11 and they have those attitudes and then later they grow and grow. Um, so I think, yeah, think of those stories that you wish you had when you were that age. Sort of like filling in the blanks? Yeah, not, not quite filling in the blanks, but kind of like uh, like the book that you would have wanted to read or the comic that you would have wanted to pick up. Mm. You have to do a fair bit of like time traveling, I think, of like <laughs> keeping in touch with what your interests were. Mm. Well, what did you read when you were a kid, Deep D? I read all the Harry Potters for sure. I remember going to like the midnight book releases and stuff. Um, what? Yeah, like Barnes and Nobles. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Um, I really liked it. I like, know you were a big dork. Oh, yeah. I big Harry dork. Potter fan. But I feel like being a Harry Potter fan isn't dorky. I feel like it's pretty mainstream. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, That's true. I like... There was this book series called Sammy Keys. It was about this, like, girl who, like, solved mysteries. But they were pretty, like, funny mysteries. Um, and I really like that series. And weirdly enough, I went on a cruise in middle school with my parents, and I met the author of the Sammy Keys book because her no family was on the cruise ship, and I became friends with her son at, like, the, like, kids' camp. Like, they have, like, a section that the kids can go to every day and, like, hang out, and they have activities. And I became friends with her son. And... um he was like, yeah. She also wrote that book, Flipped. Her name is like Wendelin Van Dran at Dragoran or whatever. Um, and I remember meeting her and being like, oh my gosh, I love the Sammy Keys books. But I was too nervous to say anything, so I never did. That's so cool, though. Yeah. It was very cool. 
I always wanted to meet Beverly Cleary as a kid. Don <laughs> Murph is asking you, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? Ooh, I like Snape. I think... Sorry, I think there's a delay. Uh, yeah, I, I like Snape. I think Snape is a is a I feel like is a fun one. I also just from like a fun character standpoint, really like Umbridge is just like a well written character. Mm. Um, I think she's just like so hateable. Like whoever wrote Umbridge is just like. Did, just, I mean, we know who wrote Umbridge, but she's just, like, so undeniably evil mm-hmm. wrapped up in, like, a cupcake. Like, I think she's just so interesting. And in the film, her casting was also really well done, I, I thought. I thought that actor um, did a really good job of playing her. And, um, yeah, Umbridge is, like, such a, just a vile character. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's like, she's so good at those minor vile characters that you just despise. Like yeah. Rita Skeeter's another one. Just oh like, my gosh. Oh, you're just ruining everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's really hard to write a good villain. A lot of times they come across as very one dimensional if you don't do a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for example, I really like Magneto from X-Men. He's a good Yeah, villain. he's the mm. best, best villain ever. Because he? he's so, yeah. You feel so bad for him. Well, it's not, yeah, it's like it, that he's, I don't know if it's feeling bad for him, but yeah, it's like he, the Team Magneto, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I like him. Like the cut you of his know chin. what movie I just watched recently after many years that like I had a different perspective on was I watched the first Pirates of the Caribbean the other day and oh, my wow. roommate and I were talking about how like it's actually kind of sad because all these like bad pirates who are like you know uh, they're like zombies because they have this curse on them. It's, it's sad because they just want the curse to like all they want is the curse to be lifted just so that they can like feel again and so that they can like eat food and like feel things because they've just been like like you know and and throughout the whole movie like when i was a kid and i was watching it i was just like oh my god these pirates they're bad xyz whatever but then as an adult i'm watching it and i'm like wow they just have this curse on them because they took that aztec gold which is bad, of course, but like at the end of the day, they're just trying to reverse this curse because, and they just want to like, eat food again. Like there's like all these moments where they're like, what are you going to do when you're like human again? And they're like, I'm going to eat it like this. And I was like, this is kind of just sad. Mm-hmm. I just want to be whole again. Yeah. I haven't thought about that movie in a long time, but yeah, like if the, heroes actually just sat down with them and was like hey how about this <laughs> like i think we could probably work this out yeah the real villain in that is that commodore norrington who's a creep and wants to marry mm. kira knightley's character yeah even though she was like a kid and when he was like an adult yeah that was weird 
That's a bummer because he's one of those cases where it's like I hate that character, but I love that actor. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, but you seem so trustworthy, but not. But not. Well, see, I kind of changed my mind about Kira Knightley because she was kind of annoying her character in Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, it wasn't really a very deep character, but I saw her in Atonement and she was pretty good in that movie. Hmm. Also, she's, um, oh, James McAvoy. <laughs> he Jamie looks Ma so good in that movie. Oh my god. I. <laughs> oh my god. He looks so good. Wait, Clara, have you ever seen A Dangerous Method? Of course I have. Multiple times. Okay. Who do you think I am? I was just wondering because yeah, that's like that's like Kira's best role. Really, I thought she did a terrible Russian accent. Uh, Russian accent, maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm not I don't I'm not good at accents, so I'm like, wow, that's a very nice accent. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> but like, yeah, basing her like emotional fits off Sabina's like journals and stuff was yeah. That was wild. So we have a question here from ComCuke. Any advice for when you have no motivation to make art, but you have a deadline approaching? Well, Deep D, I'm sure you know all about deadlines. <laughs> um, well, if you have no motivation, I guess use your deadline as motivation because that is something that you have to get done. But um, find ways to do it in like easily digestible um, ways, find ways to break it up. And for me as an artist, I know that certain things motivate me like working with other people or listening to music or rewarding myself with like a break, doing something I really like. So um, those are some ways. And if all else fails, like try and go back to the starting point, like when you were thumbnailing or what inspired you um, when you first started creating the piece, whatever that may be. And sometimes revisiting those beginning stages um, reminds me of like what inspired me and what got me excited about the piece to begin with, um, which I think is a good way of approaching, you know, your work when you're feeling stuck. But what do you think, Alex? Yeah, so when you just said like the, let the deadline be your motivator, it reminded me of like a reported like thing between like Alfred Hitchcock and Cary Grant, where Cary Grant was like, "Well, what's my motivation for this scene?" And Alfred <laughs> Hitchcock just said, "Your paycheck." Because um, yeah, that can be a, that can be one. I kind of for me, I have to kind of like you trick yourself into getting motivated. Like sometimes you're motivated and you can't wait to start painting. Other times you have to start painting and let the motivation come to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always say like you have to just start working sometimes like you can't count on being motivated every single time like, you know, I can say that sometimes on these live streams I get on here and I'm like, oh man, like my mojo is totally off, but you just have to do it because we have a live stream scheduled and then 10 15 minutes into it I'm like kind of grooving and moving because um, mm -hmm. you're just kind of getting warmed up so sometimes you can't always count on being motivated so just jump in and play some fun music and see what happens yeah 
You know what? And sometimes you just got to get it done the way you have to do dishes. I mean, I know that sounds a little bit depressing to treat your artwork that way, but sometimes it just has to get done. Like, I hate doing laundry with a burning passion, but I have to do it. Like, there's no way around it. So sometimes it's okay to think about your work that way. It's just, okay, it's a chore. I got to do it. I got to mop the kitchen floor. I'm just going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Yep. By the way, I will eventually be shooting this animation and making it into a film and posting it on my Instagram. So for anyone who's wondering what this will eventually look like, it will be posted on my Instagram within a few days. You guys, I feel like my buns look like rice balls. I don't agree. Hmm. They look really tasty. They look yeah, like they look rice. Delicious. They do not look like sesame seeds. I, I know, but they do not look like the buns. They totally look like rice balls. <sighs> uh, that's a really tough painting challenge, though. Of like, paint is it rice or is it sesame seeds? Like, I do not know how I would paint those differently. <laughs> that's true. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I was looking at the poppy seed ones going, oh, those are just black dots. And I'm like, crap, half of them have sesame seeds on them. <laughs> Actually, I think I'm gonna use some of this traditional Chinese ink it's really cool. It's silver black and oh. it has like a little tint of silver. It says silver black is black ink with silver powder suspension suitable for calligraphy and sumi painting, fade resistant. Silver reflect is more subtle on other papers. So I'm going to use this to do the poppy seeds and I'm also going to use this bamboo pen, which is really fun to just dip your ink into. So we'll see. I don't know that I need silver on my hamburger buns, but it's just little sparkly poppy seeds, I guess. Yeah. That's so exciting. Cause yeah, I've been curious about that ink. And I was like, oh boy, like I just, I wonder what it's gonna look like. Yeah, I don't know. Ooh, it's very intense. Oh, and it feels really good on the mineral paper. Ooh, I like this. Why didn't I pull this out sooner? Ah, it's bleeding everywhere. No. <laughs> Help. Oh, now it looks like it's like rotten. <sighs> Wiping that up. So Alex, how much time do you think you have 
for working on your own personal stuff just for you, no commission, no nothing, just because you want to have fun. Right now, I kind of have to, I have to work on making more time for that because I'm working on applying to schools right now. So I'm kind of like all my free time, I'm just kind of hemming and hawing away at that. But the good thing about deadlines is once those deadlines are done, they're submitted. And so I'm really excited that for the first time in a while, I've been at like a chomping at the bit stage where I just like am counting mm. down the days so that I can get started on some more personal projects. Because yes, so right now, zero. But in like a month, like, yes. Oh. <laughs> so, which is another like hashtag blessing because it's like, I don't often get that kind of like, you know you're going to have time on this day. It's a very good feeling. I mean, Deep D, you're pretty much swamped with acting stuff, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, I enjoy it, but I have like two full-time careers, basically. Like I animate full-time and that's like my money job. And then I also, I'm an actor, so I'm auditioning all the time. Um, and that's super time consuming. So I don't really have much time at all for passion projects, but I hope soon i mean these studio hangouts are kind of where i do it mostly which is great i know it is for me too isn't that weird it's really hard to make time i sometimes feel guilty it's like i don't deserve it mm -hmm. <laughs> oopsies C. Cantrell says, Deep D, I've never seen this kind of approach to animation before. It looks really interesting and uncomplicated. Yeah, it is definitely uncomplicated. It's as uncomplicated as you want to make it. Um, I used to teach this to this class. I would teach for four-year-olds on animation. Um, and we would like make a grid so it would have like designated squares for every frame rather than kind of like going at it free right now, like I'm doing. But all you really have to do is draw something and then on the next frame, draw it again, but slightly differently. So what I did on this top left, which is my first frame was draw a circle with two like wings basically. And then um, the frame right below it I drew the same circle and moved the wings a little bit as if it was rotating. And then in the next frame, I drew the same circle and drew the wings. So it's it's pretty simple. And I always tell people don't plan. Just go literally one by one by one and don't think too much about it. Um, so I think it's really easy to do and a great way to get started. And at the end of the day, like this is a painting I did, which is that same method. If you go to my Instagram, you can see a better image of it but every single one of these is a frame and um you have like an actual piece at the end of the day that you could like hang up and a digital piece which i think is really fun definitely not the first person to have ever done this but so cool 
Thread and Glue Design says, can those watercolors be purchased in the States? Yes. Yasutomo is the company. And I think that they probably are in different locations, but the people that sent us the supplies are in the US. So yeah, you should be able to get these. I don't, I think on their website, we have the link in the video description below. But yes, I don't know about outside the US, but yes. So Alex, we have a question from Tali who's asking about trying to find ways to do art and combine my miter, which is speech language hearing sciences. Any thoughts about that, Ooh. Alex, how to combine? Oh, that's a really cool question. Hmm. The first question is like, the art, does the art have to be visual art? Um, actually, yeah, I'm thinking like that would be a cool way of visual being the shared denominator between the concepts of like speech and language. That would be really cool. I know, um, I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I've seen some really cool examples of comic books displaying like bilingual, trilingual, or multilingual narratives throughout in a really effective way. I'm kicking myself that I can't think of examples. Maybe just because I've had comics on the brain, I would say comic would be a fun way to try that out. <laughs> but that's really exciting. Hmm. Oh, I clicked on the wrong comment. So Nick, Nick is asking that bunny. So oh yeah, this is uh, ink and brush. So the ink is um, oop, this good old classic. Sumi ink and mixing it with, move the palette up above the bunny here. There we go. Ooh, so yeah, I'm just using palette. a little bit of water. Yeah, this was uh, from Yasutomo as well. And it's a nice porcelain. It's super easy to clean. Like I can just clean it, just practically put it in the dishwasher when I'm done. <laughs> I always get to the point in ink drawings where I'm like, oh, crumbs, I've really messed up the whole thing. <laughs> and then like a couple strokes later, I'm like, oh, never mind. It's all better. I like that you say <laughs> crumbs. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a little black bunny now. Because I use the ink so too dark. soft, Alex. I just want to like run my fingers through his fur. I know, right? <laughs> so I don't know if you can see because there's a bit of lag. Photo. Um, but I took an animation of it. But, but it's maybe maybe I'll put it on my Instagram story, like an in progress or something. 
I don't know, because it's kind of impossible to see it. It's kind of insane right now. By the way, I want to give a shout out to RB Dick. Thank you so much for the super sticker. We always need your support here at Artcraft to make sure that our content stays 100% free and accessible. See, Alex, I don't think I would ever draw a bunny because I would have like major Durer imposter syndrome and not ever want to paint a bunny again after I look at his watercolor of a bunny. Oh, don't worry. I am. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, this is like, I, I, so I'm, infuriating. Like, what do you think it was like being in an art class with Durer? Like that probably sucked. I don't know. I keep reminding myself like I'm uh, doing what I set out to do, which was like paint a bunny, which I haven't done in a really long time. So it's, <laughs> I actually like feel good about it. I'm like, okay. Like it's, I don't know. I'm having to find myself say that thing of like, uh, if I don't like it, that's a good sign because that means that I'm finding ways that I could improve. Because yeah, this is the furthest thing from a dirt bunny. You're so positive, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know where that comes from. Okay, so I'm going to post the in-progress video that I just took of my animation, which is really bad, and there's shadows, and it doesn't look awesome. But I think it'd be cool to see what I've accomplished so far on my Instagram story. So if you go to my Instagram, you can see what it looks like. It's men and dot DT, everybody. Yeah, it's right there. So this is a comment that maybe you have thoughts on, Alex. Sonnet says, do you guys find it helps when you acknowledge that you're feeling anxious, like identifying the emotion to help ground you? Yeah, I, that definitely helps me. Um, like as, as cheesy and nerdy as it might be, like that, like I must not fear bit is pretty handy, you know, just kind of acknowledge your anxiety and especially with painting. And I think that's helpful. Just kind of sit down. If that's a cause of like, what's keeping you from being unmotivated saying like, okay, I'm not motivated to paint. I think because I'm anxious about painting, I'm worried that I won't be good enough. And 
not solving it, but at least identifying that, I think, is a big, huge first step. is saying this might be a sensitive topic i was wondering what you think of the class ceiling for artists like working class and poverty class people have a much harder time breaking into art any thoughts on that deepthi oh yeah i mean um there is definitely a lot of barriers in the art world it can be so gatekept but i think that i mean Number one, the whole mission of Art Prof is to try and break down those barriers and make like a higher education, art education accessible to people as long as they can access the internet. But um, it is really difficult. I mean, a lot of these spaces are only accessible if you have like a key, which a lot of times means having a BFA or MFA. So it's, it's difficult in that way. And Personally, I'm constantly trying to think about how um, to break down those barriers, even like awards that people win a lot of times are just because of who they know. And there's a lot of nepotism. But I think that the more that we can share knowledge and make art accessible and less like for the elite, uh, the more we'll start seeing that um, people people are going to equal opportunities in the art field but it's definitely hard and something that i think about a lot um alex do you have thoughts on the matter yeah echoing a lot of what you said um i don't know it's it's one that it's hard to not get pretty bummed out by thinking about it um of just like oh like all of the extremely talented artists that we're potentially just not seeing because they don't have access to let their work be shown. Um, and I think the biggest step that we can all do is to kind of empower and create spaces for local artists to have their work shown. Because I think the problem is we have such institutions for art of like, oh, you can only be shown at these museums. Like, oh, your, your illustration only matters if it's published in the New Yorker. It's like, oh, no, like, what about, like, your local punk magazine? Like, you know, there's all sorts of ways that I think that could be a way to combat it is to really strengthen local art scenes and kind of taking some of that power away from those kind of big national machines of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to say thank you so much to Sonnet for the super chat, who is asking, do you offer the drawing premium tracks on a regular basis? Can't make the deadline this Friday, but would like to sign up the next time you offer the class. Yes, we will be running the drawing premium track again. Can't remember the exact date, but if you go to rprof.org, there's a schedule with the upcoming premium tracks that you can all check out when you get a chance. Sorry, there's a major delay here. But anyway, Alex and Deepthi will be in the Discord immediately after this stream. So you can hang out with Deepthi and Alex 
in post live streams. And we'd love for all of you to share what it is that you were making during this hangout. And a big thank you to our Patreon supporters for providing the support that we need to keep our content 100% free and accessible. Everybody, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We will see you next time. Bye.